for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Matt Barrows, who covers the San Francisco 49ers for The Athletic, about the 49er roster. They did cancel OTAs next week, so the 49ers are going to be off the practice field for the next few weeks. But we can check in on what Matt Barrows learned about Trey Lance, what he expects from Brandon Ayuk, and what the 49ers are going to do at that center position. All things we'll cover with Matt Barrows, who joins me next. Today is Monday. June 13th. It's a pleasure to welcome back to the Update Podcast, Matt Barrows. He, of course, covers the San Francisco 49ers for The Athletic. Matt, you are out of the uh, the mandatory minicamp, right? Well, mandatory for you, I'd assume, too. Yeah, uh, not only that, but out of uh, next week's OTAs as well. So school is out for summer for uh, the 49ers, uh, and, and we won't see them until july 29 so we're talking about a long long stretch where uh most of those guys are going to be away from the facility so this time of year like when you're out there and you're watching these workouts i was talking to david lombardi about this last week what do you look at what do you look for can you learn anything outside of like player names and numbers which could still change i guess by the time we get to the start of the regular season what do you try to take away from these mandatory camps yeah, I mean, uh, especially sort of the, the, the trench work, you're not really seeing much. There's, there's no offensive lineman versus defensive lineman, for example. So really assessing um, Aaron Banks and Drake Jackson, that's hard to do. That's impossible to do in the spring. But you can see where guys are, are lining up, which uh, you know foreshadows how the team is going to, to use them. I mean, there are lots of guys that, you know, change positions. Uh, so documenting that and then the skill position players, that those are the ones that really kind of stand out in the spring. And we saw some of that with, with the wide receivers, with the tight ends. That's going to be sort of an under-the-radar battle who gets that third tight end spot. They've got a lot of guys there. So there are some things to look for training camp when the pads go on that's when the real football starts so the guy everybody wants to know about uh well i guess there's several guys but uh, trey lance let's talk about him first uh you saw him last year at these camps and uh, and again it's tough to take anything away but did he look more impressive did he look different how did the arm strength look how was the uh the chemistry and cohesion with receivers does he look any different when you see him now yeah, he does. I mean, you know, last year at this time, he was sort of hesitant to make throws. I mean, and you could see him sort of thinking about where to go with the throws and whatnot. And now he's just a lot more natural. And he had gotten to that point by training camp as well. So he looked like a rookie in May and June of 2021. He doesn't look like that anymore. I thought that it was a really good spring for Trey Lance. I'd written that, you know, heading into to OTAs, heading into the off-season program, I thought that he had to sort of make his mark, let everybody know that he was the guy, you know, so that nobody's really kind of looking over their shoulders. Okay, where's Jimmy Garoppolo? You know, what's the situation? Uh, whose team is it? And I thought that, you know, both Trey Lance and, and probably, you know, uh, the team's PR staff, they had him up in front of the media twice on the podium, and, and he was a natural. I mean, he, he was uh, funny. He was relaxed. He wasn't straining to be the leader. I just thought he came off really well, and uh, I, I think that everybody picked up on that, reporters, players, the front office, and, uh, you know, it's hard to take away a lot from the spring practices, but just in terms of um, profile 
and sort of the atmosphere that he was kind of able to create around him. Like I said, I, I thought it was a strong spring for Trey Lance. In your experience, is that a rare thing for a guy who's this young? To be that sort of charismatic yeah. and, and relaxed? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's who he is. I, I think that's, you know, largely why the 49ers picked him, because um, he does have that charisma. He's not a real vocal guy, but there's a presence about him. Obviously, we're going to have to see all this, uh, how this all plays out on the field, but you know, Trey Lance, the person, I think, is exactly who you want. He's not going to get, you know, frazzled by a lot. He didn't seem overwhelmed. He didn't never seem really overwhelmed last year either. I mean, that what was it, week five, where he started against the Cardinals? That didn't go well. They lost that game. There were a lot of mistakes on the field, but you never got the the impression that that Trey Lance was in over his head. And um, you know, he's a lot further along from that point now. So I, I think that naturalness about him is uh, is one of his strengths. In terms of the Alex Mack retirement, it, it didn't seem like it caught anybody off guard. Like a, a, It was a huge uh, surprise to anybody. I know uh, John Lynch months ago sounded like he thought he would be back, but they were going to allow him to make his decision, and his, his tone about Alex Mack had kind of changed. I'm just wondering, with a, a young quarterback, I, I think everybody would have liked to have Alex Mack under center for him this year for Trey Lance. Is it important, you think, or, or pertinent or... or urgent for the 49ers to figure out who's going to be the starting center if they haven't already because of what it's going to mean for Trey Lance and that sort of connection under center? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look look at the three positions that are directly in front of Trey Lance. The the three positions that are uh, between him and, you know, uh, Aaron Donald, for example. You got Aaron Banks at left guard. You've got Jake Brendel now at center. And you've probably got Daniel Brunskill, maybe it's Daniel Brunskill or Jalen Moore at right guard. I mean, you could make a very strong argument that each of those are are either weak or are the same weakness from last year in front of Trey Lance. That's that's problematic. And so I think that they have largely settled on Brendel to be their guy. I think that they still have the, the time and the ability if – like I said, when the pads go on, if he starts getting beaten routinely by Maurice Hurst or Javon Kinlaw or Eric Armstead, and he just seems like he's in over his head, they can still bring in a veteran, I think, and get that guy ready for the regular season. But I, I think that if they had their druthers, they very much like to rely on this guy. And, uh, you know, Lance was kind of propping Jake Brendel up, and he was saying, you know, last year Jake Brendel was running the scout team. I was on the scout team. We've had a lot of work together. His locker's right near mine. He's a really bright guy. He's an athletic guy. He and I kind of came up through the system last year together. I think it's going to work, and, and maybe he's right, but that's the type of stuff that you expect to hear in the spring when you're just sort of interviewing the guy's teammates and coaches. They're not going to say anything negative about it, but it's an area of concern for sure. Sounds like Trey Lance stopped just short of saying, yeah, he's in the best shape of his life. <laughs> <laughs> it was the very best shape of his life type of uh, theme that was going on, uh, for, for, for sure. Already a veteran on the mic, Trey Lance. Uh, knowing exactly what he needs to say to the beat guys. Uh, in terms of some of the other offensive positions, you know, we talked all offseason and for the last few months about Debo Samuel. I was doing a, uh, a serious XM radio hit last week, and they asked me about Brandon Ayuk, and I thought, boy, we haven't talked a whole lot about Brandon Ayuk. He was kind of, I don't know if we'd say doghouse at the beginning of last season, but I'm wondering, he came on strong at 800-plus yards receiving contact. Five touchdowns. 
Jones and thought he had a really nice back end of, of last season, did play all 17 games. What do you think the hope is for his growth this year? I think it's huge. And um, uh, so far, this has been a really nice offseason for him in that he entered it healthy. He worked with Trey Lance, um, you know, down in Orange County when, when uh, Lance was doing that, that, that private work down there. And, and he was, um, you know, at the facility for the very beginning of the offseason program through, through the present. So, you know, those are the things. I mean, it, it really sometimes takes, uh, you know, the, the, the full calendar year. You see that momentum build up. And you saw it last year from Debo Samuel. Samuel came off a very disappointing 2020. I mean, he had a, a broken foot in June. Uh, he was out with COVID a couple of times during the season. Very frustrating 2020, but he was extremely motivated in 2021. And that was from, you know, the end of the season onward. And um, you saw it. He was good in, in the spring. He was really good in training camp. And um, he was excellent uh, every step of the way during the regular season in the playoffs. And, you're, we're, you know, we're only in June, but Ayuk has had sort of a similar offseason to what uh, Debo Samuel had last year. So different guys. Uh, I, I don't know what you, you, the expectations are in terms of numbers for Ayuk. My point is that he's doing all the right things. And um, he, if you're going to kind of circle somebody who's poised to, to reach a new level in his career, I, I think he would be one of the guys that you uh, – you uh, you jot down. Yeah, I was impressed with him last year. I'm looking forward to see what he can do in uh, in 2022. Uh, one more for you, uh, just before we let you go. Any guys stand out to you as new characters on the team as we, as we sort of get to know the roster? Charvarius Ward. When I when I hear some of his comments, he's a guy that sort of stands out. I, I think it was Ray Ray McLeod when he signed. Was it McLeod or Ward when they asked him or you guys asked him after he signed uh, why he chose San Francisco? And he said, uh, "Well, it certainly wasn't the taxes." And then Charvarius Ward, I guess, was asked when he felt like a 49er. He said, "Well, when I signed the contract." Uh, is there anybody who stands out to you as kind of a new character we're going to pay attention to this year? Well, both those guys that you just mentioned, I, I was thinking as you were uh, formulating your question to go with Ray Ray McLeod because, um, uh, you know, a lot of those wide receivers didn't, uh, the bigger name guys didn't practice. McLeod, a new guy, was there for, for every session. And, and just about everyone that the, at least that, that the media was able to see, he jumped out. Crossing routes, um, deep stuff. He, he's faster than what his forty time coming out of college suggests. A different guy. Uh, you know, the, the 49ers have been kind of collecting these bigger-bodied, physical wideouts. He's he's a different guy. He, he's smaller, shiftier, and um, he made plays. Uh, like I said, in every practice that we saw, and then Ward just looked apart. Charvarius Ward. You know, the 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 long long-armed press cornerback that I think uh, D'Amico Ryans really has wanted since he's gotten here. They, I think they want to play a much more aggressive form of defense, especially with those those cornerbacks, and you kind of pair that with Nick Bosa and Drake Jackson at defensive end. Um, you know, you, you've got Ward, you've got Mosley. I feel like Mosley really kind of went um, unheralded last year, had yeah. a really solid season. So I think that uh, that's something that the 49ers are very, very excited about. And, you know, around here, you know, cornerback has not been a uh, sort of a, a headline position for a lot of years, maybe in, in 19 when Richard Sherman was here. But 
a team that rarely has used a draft pick at that spot, hasn't gone after big-name free agents. This is a deeper group than I've seen for a long, long time, and, and sort of uh, Charvarius Ward is, is leading that charge. Yeah, good deal, man. Uh, they've been entertaining, uh, uh, certainly in, in their media sessions as, uh, as we get through the offseason. Matt, thanks so much for the time, man. Enjoy uh, the time away from the, the players as, as they take some time off before they get back on the field. And I anticipate when you show back up for the start of uh, a preseason, you'll be in the best shape of your life as well. Yeah, my base tan uh, on July 29 is going to be on fire. It's, it's going to be sweet. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, good stuff, Matt. We'll catch up with you down the road, man. Thanks so much. Okay, anytime. Talk to you soon. Uh, great stuff from Matt Barrows. Great insight, as always. I uh, love poking around the 49er roster with him. And, yeah, 49ers are uh, going to be off the field now for, uh, as, you, as Matt Barrows told us, they're until about June 29th until uh, they get back on the practice field. And uh, we'll have some more questions, and, and we'll catch up with Matt and David Lombardi and those guys then. Thank you to Matt Barrows. Thank you to Brian Smith, my producer. And thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is you happen to be listening to us today. And we'll keep bringing you the, the top headlines and best stories across Bay Area sports. Got plenty to get into. The Royals in town this week to take on the Giants before they hit the road again. Until Wednesday, enjoy the week. We'll talk to you then.